everyone, and welcome to a new edition of Thinking Aloud About Film. I'm Jose. I'm Richard. And today we're going to talk about After Sun, uh, Charlotte Wells' uh, debut feature, which has been making quite a splash, and the male star, Paul Mescal, has just been nominated for an Oscar yesterday? Yep. Or, yeah, since it was voted Sight and Sound's Best Film of the Year. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I thought I thought it was great. I, I saw it at the cinema, I guess, before Christmas and then watched it again this morning. It's on movie, so in preparation for talking about it. And it, it did work really well on the second viewing. There's not a huge story driven plot. It's more about atmosphere and, and, and memory, I think. I've been reading reviews online, like unprofessional. You mean not, not non-professional, not yeah. unprofessional. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> Well, they were both non-professional and some of them very unprofessional. Uh, so uh, most of them were praising the film, talking about how moving they found it. And of course, as always, there's a small percentage of really nasty people kind of talking about the form of the film and, you know, that kind of critics are just posers. They didn't understand it and so on. Uh, which again, kind of is a commentary on them. I mean, it's obviously mm. the visually illiterate people who can't see, you know, both the, the beauty and the expertise uh, in the film. I think it's a real artist film. It's, it's very, very beautiful, very moving. Mm. Um, it's full of feeling, I think. Uh, and it's kind of, you know, a feeling that's caused through, through, through memory, through remembering. I just really loved it. Uh, and I think a lot happens. This is the extraordinary thing about, you know, talking about film in a way that things, for some people, things only seem to happen when there are car crashes and chases and guns and, you know, a convoluted storyline. Whereas actually, I think, in a way, so much happens here. Tell us your view of the story. It's about a, a father and daughter that go on go on holiday they're, they're from scotland uh they go on holiday to to turkey to a um a sort of slightly down at heel tourist resort it's, it's a package holiday they're you know they're, they're not there for culture they're here to sit by the pool and, and so on he's quite a young father i mean paul he, i think the character is supposed to be 30 or so the, he's 30 paul, and he's about to turn 31 His yeah birthday happens in the film yeah, and, the, and the, the daughter is 11, so he would only have been, you know, 18, 19, mm. 20 when, when she was born. He, he's not living with her, you know, he's not, living, he's not together with the mother. You get the impression he's quite a distant parent. They don't, you know, he, he doesn't live in Scotland anymore. And really, this, this is their chance to spend some time together. You get the impression through the film, because the, the, it's sort of structured as a memory film. You, the, you see at the beginning the older version of the daughter is, is watching their, their videos of the of the holiday and later in the film you see her appearing and, and remembering. So you, 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 you get the impression this is the last time they were on holiday together. Um, you also get the impression he has um, some mental health problems, he perhaps has depression and that perhaps he's died at some point fairly soon after this, this holiday. The stuff that happens during the holiday is the kind of stuff that that kind of happens on holidays, but you get you get the sense they don't really fit in age-wise. He doesn't fit in with the adults because he's younger. She doesn't fit in with the small kids because she's a bit older. She also doesn't really fit in with the teenagers because she's younger, but she wants to hang out with the teenagers and 
and you, I think through all those scenes, you get the impression that you know this is kind of tension that something bad might be about to happen to her. It never does. It's really just about her observing the teenagers and how they how they behave. It's amazing what we expect of films, actually, mm. because I definitely, like you, shared that feeling of dread. Yeah, so when they first arrive in the room and there's only one bed, you know, I haven't read anything on the film at all. So I was thinking, oh my God, is this going to be like about, you know, a father abusing his daughter? And of course, it's not about that at all. Mm. You know, then when she sees the teenager, you know, and they're older than her. Is she going to be sexually abused by these older boys? Yeah, you know, something terrible is going to happen. Yeah. Um, and in fact, really, it's 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 none of that. Like she's, you know, she's very smart. Uh, you really get inside a teenage, a tween girl's head. Yeah, she's on the cusp of adolescence, and she's clearly interested in, um, you know, the the sex and romance around her, people's first sexual experiences, a kiss, we see her glancing at two boys kissing, you know, from the window. And, you know, that also kind of brought up ideas as, you know, is the problem with the father tied to sexuality? Or, yeah, though, you know, you're not given any more than that and that doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, but the film brings up all of these suggestions, all of these reverberations. And in fact, you know, what you end up with, which I think is kind of um, maybe unique is, is too strong a word, but it's certainly unusual, is, you know, a very, very loving portrait of a father and a daughter in which it's the father who is seen to have problems problems that he's trying to shield with her, from her, you know, um, I mean, he's clearly having mental problems, he's doing Tai Chi and meditation, yeah, and he drinks too much, he passes out, right, that moment where he doesn't want to sing with her, and then they separate, yeah, he goes to his room, you know, I mean, I had a feeling at that moment that he'd gone out, right, because you know, you see him walking on the street, he picks up a cigarette, and then you have those dancing strobe scenes, you know, which really are memory. Later you find out our memory. But at that moment, I thought, he's gone out. Yeah, to pick yeah I think up. there's an implication he might be contemplating suicide at that point as well, because he, yeah. he's on the beach on his own at night and, and so on. Yeah. Um, and there's that beautiful moment where he, 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 he realizes he's really screwed up as a parent. And he asks for her forgiveness, and she treats it as like not a big thing, mm. right? And I think it's really beautiful. Like, yeah, I thought it yeah. Was so touching. Really. Yeah, as as a result of him disappearing, she kind of seems to have quite a good time because she, uh, you know, she gets to hang out with the teenagers again, and then she meets the the boy her own age, and they 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 share a kiss, and, and that, that's quite a sort of sweet moment. Yeah, but I think Charlotte Wells is so good because. We see that, mm. but it's nonetheless overhung with the potentiality for danger. Well, I think that's the thing because she's on this, she's at, at this resort, and you know she's she, it's, it's late at night. He's just left her on her own in the in the, the bar at this resort, and and she is only eleven. And I, I presume it's all a kind of 
enclosed environment with a, with a number of hotels and so on around around this uh, pool area. But but you know, and it's perhaps easy to feel that that's safer than it actually is. But you know, a lot a lot could have happened there. I mean, just look at the. We'll, pro we'll probably cut this out, but look at Madeline McCann. I mean, it's that kind of. Um, well, no, don't don't cut it out because I think it's pertinent. I mean, that was going yeah. through my head. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, you know, kind of this child is alone in this resort. There are all these adults. Uh, she's walking in the dark. She's gotten lost. What could happen yeah. to her? Right? Yeah, and someone does grab her, and you think, oh my god! Yeah. But then it then it turns out to be the the the, the boy her own age. Mm. Um, so yeah. So I think weaving through that sense of dread, of potential danger, of, and nonetheless placing at the center of it this really smart, uh, centered girl, yeah, um, is 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 you know really beautiful to see. I kind of I really loved, I really loved the lovingness between parent and child, even though you also get all of these suggestions of complexities, of difficulties. And actually, I think later you get this feeling, yeah, that kind of th those complications are only a little bit known to the child, whereas, you know, the adult looking back on the child. Yeah, I, you, you get the impression she's a, the child is aware of some of the problems because it seems to be these mental problems and also there are, there are clearly money problems as well it's this yes. sort of po point where he's saying well we, after the karaoke thing he's like well we can get you singing lessons and she says stop you know stop saying you're going to buy things for me when you know you can't afford it mm. and um and these the, you know he had this, the, there's been some scheme where he's going to set up a cafe and then there's some scheme where he's going to go into business with a friend of his so, well what business well i don't know just, just business you know and you, you kind of assume that's something um, shady, I think is the the impression yes. I, I got from that. So there's the, there's the mental problems, there's, there's there's the money problems. He also talks about his own childhood and, and this incident when it was his eleven when he was eleven, you know, the same age as the daughter, and all no one in his family remembered it was his birthday, and, and this clearly was a, a traumatic event. Um, I think it's it's one of the greatnesses of of Charlotte Wells that she can suggest so much with so little, because. You know, that particular story, which is just a line in the film, really, mm. you know, gives you this whole sense of him having been a neglected and abused child. Because he says that, you know, his mom's response was to clip him, like to hit him, mm. right? For reminding him that he forgot that his birthday, yeah. right? And then take him to the toy shop. So, you know, so you get that sense of neglect and abuse. And then later on, you know, he talks about how he's done all these drugs and... Yeah, so you know, you you get a real feel for this man's life out of mm. really little tiny sideways suggestions that nonetheless add up, you know, to a complex and very sympathetic picture because, you know, I think Paul Mescal is so attractive and appealing in it, really. He's got this kind of real ordinariness about it. So, you know, from some some angles he's quite handsome, and from some angles he's kind of quite goofy and yeah ordinary looking really, and so this sense of portraying a kind of really nice and well-meaning but troubled everyman yeah is you know comes across like very very vividly. I I found it very attractive and unusual that Charlotte Wells doesn't condescend to the package tour that is 
you know, most Britain's annual, you know, holiday delight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking watching it that that is, yeah, because basically a group of British people go on, go on package tour is a staple, well, it certainly was a staple of 1970s British cinema. It was like Carry On Abroad and the, the film version of Are You Being Served? And they, they, and she does use one of those kind of common tropes of that film that they arrive at the hotel and it's a building site and that's yeah and you you kind of think oh this is going to be one of those sorts of films but it but it's not it's just in the background and these are people going on you know they've gone on this package tour it's cheap hotel but that's what that's what they can afford to do it's it's you know the, the people on the holiday it's him and his daughter there's the the other people you meet are, are sort of teenagers possibly on their first holiday on their own you know um without, without parents and it, it did remind me of some of the holidays i had as a child where we didn't tend to go to that kind of resort but you know but just those kind of package things where you're surrounded by a group of other british people and you're you know you're kind of um because you you know you're with this group of people for the for the week but you're never going to meet them again probably and and so you can sort of you know, try out different ways of behaving, and, and uh, as, as the girl does in the film, I thought that was interesting. I think I do think that most British and television shows tend to patronise that kind of holiday, yeah, yeah, as being something kind of cheap and nasty, and you know, um, whereas of course people go, and what other people find tacky, you know, the reps trying to create atmosphere and. Uh, um, you know, that is seen just as that's the way things are and they're fun and they also have cultural events and they have like sporting things, the diving, right? And, you know, it's 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 a nice holiday for them. They're enjoying yeah. it, right? And I suppose so. that's part of it being, uh, being her memories of the holiday because while it is, a, you know, it's a cheap holiday in a crappy hotel, um, this clearly is a very vivid childhood memory for the adult version of the character. Yeah, um, and the scenery is very beautiful, and mm. there's there's sea, you know, and there's activities, and there's drinks, and actually they get along really well with everyone. So it's true, as you say, that he's too young, and she's too young in relation to the people that are there, you know. But nonetheless, they play pool with everybody. The girl makes friends. She gets her first kiss. It is, you know, um, it's also seen as attractive yeah like the whole the conversation with the father and the guy who's organizing the scuba diving mm, you know mm. again you could imagine other things in which they make fun of the foreigner or there's some kind of tension but no i really like that kind of humanizing of everyone and you know the film is not denying that it's a cheap holiday you can see <laughs> it's the building size and you know, there's an issue as well about money because, you know, you're shown that other people have a bracelet that they can eat and drink all they want, whereas they don't. The film also demonstrates the pleasures experienced in that type of holiday, which is obviously the reason why so many millions and millions and millions of people go on them. Right? Yeah, it's like when they yeah when they go to the the nighttime entertainment events, and I can remember doing this. You know, you go to the night these nighttime entertainment events, and it's the you know the the reps are singing dancing to the macarena or some old guy is singing you've lost that loving feeling and and the, the point is they're not sitting there watching it thinking this is brilliant cultural 
brilliant entertainment they're watching it thinking this is a bit shit but they're really enjoying watching it yeah you know they're, exactly. they're having a really good night and yeah, part yeah. of having a good night is that understanding that you're watching something that's a bit shit and again i remember this you know going to these we was on holiday in switzerland and it's kind of the local cultural evening and there's some woman doing some shit with cowbells and stuff you know <laughs> and it's just kind of non anyone actually swiss would be watching it thinking, you know for god's sake this is so patronizing but we, you know we, we we enjoyed it but but part of enjoying it was knowing that there was a kind of slightly kitsch element to what was going on yes i went on, i've been on similar trips to gran canaria <laughs> and you know they're very tacky and, and very enjoyable um can you tell me a little bit about the music you're more of an expert on it than i am but it's it's one of you know the the, the things that works so well in this film the choice of songs you know how they're placed how they also evoke an era really yeah the, the the main story is is set in 2002 i think i think the music a lot of it is from a few years before that i'm just yeah it's so mid 90s music, mid, mid to late 90s so it, it's sort of there's a lot of i mean some of it is is kind of um what, what you i don't know what you term it kind of holiday songs so something like the macarena which is uh, the 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 always certainly in the eight, 70s 80s 90s there'd be some hit that people heard while they were on holiday and they came back and bought it when they were back in the UK. And so you'd mm. get things like, you know, Barbie Girl or the Macarena or whatever would, would get to number one. So that that's, you hear that. You hear a lot of Britpop, so yes. sort of Blur played. Um, there's some sort of a, kind of late 90s dance music. But also you, you, that's cause sometimes you hear, so at one point, um, you get tender by blur is playing yeah, and that's that's yeah but then it kind of distorts so that's it distorts and slows down mm. as she as she realizes that father's missing and then at the end you get um under pressure by queen and david bowie which is from that's Early. mid 80s yeah. uh, but again you get that but sort of then overlaid with the music from the from the dance scene so it's sort of i guess music from from that era also yeah. music from the from his teenage years as well that you're hearing so. i thought it was uh, my feeling about it was that it was set in the mid 90s you know uh partly uh because the music is mostly from that period right yeah. i recognize chambawamba and never ever yeah and tender you know and you can imagine uh, losing my religion mm. yeah mm. and under pressure from a few years before or you know a little while before um and then also because of the technology yeah kind of the vcr art recorder yeah so uh, it's a digital camera isn't it she's using so it must be quite a early camera but i think from, from what i've seen it's set it's supposed to be set into in early 2000 which makes right. sense because that, that means that the the kind of present day version of of the girl is 31 so she's the age that the father is in the film so i guess that's the that's the thing no that would make sense actually yeah um so i you know i thought the use of music was just like uh, kind of exquisite really and i also thought that in this film about loss and depression and memory you know what comes across so vividly is really love you know um in in a kind of unmelodramatic or unspectacular way right because you know i think um you know the girl I, I don't remember her mentioning the word the father does write her a note saying 
you know, don't forget I love you very, never forget I love you very much or something like that, right? But it's really kind of the songs that basically do that speaking uh, in the film, though you see it embodied in all kinds of ways, right? Like, There's that quite interesting conversation where he, because he, he makes phone calls to the, to the mother who he's, he's obviously not together with and at the end of the call says love you and the girl is then questioning why why are you saying that when you when you split up like five years ago <laughs> um, but that's another extraordinary thing about this film uh and again not unique but so rare as to as to almost be because you know it's a film that is so much about love and it's almost the only film i can think about where you know sex is is really not a part of it so of course the girl is yeah she's she's you know on the verge of puberty so she's always looking and she's always interested but she herself doesn't seem to have much of an interest you know and later when we see her as an adult and she's in bed with a woman you know you you think oh they're a couple and the baby's crying so no suggestion of sex yeah so uh, um, I, sex is not is not the type of love that this film is really about though again it doesn't ignore it it is there yeah on the edges like yeah, yeah. Obviously a teenage girl on the verge of adolescence is interested in the idea of sex but it's not a driving force yeah because it's interesting that the you, there, there's no indication of the, uh, of the of the father having a sexual interest in any of the, his fellow holidaymakers. Mm. The, you know that that just doesn't happen. I mean, possibly because you're seeing all this through the eyes of the daughter, and maybe he's going out to the bars later on. But he's he's not. He, he's his focus is on his daughter. He's not trying to hook up with anyone while he's on holiday, because in a way, yeah, those teenagers that. That the daughter starts hanging around with you know i mean he's he's probably not that much further away in age from them as, as she is you know mm. maybe a bit more what is also extraordinary about the film is the imagery you know which i think is uh you know what an eye this filmmaker has you know and um and what a beautiful filmmaker she is there's this incredible shot where the girl is trying to film the father and you know he asks her to turn it off and you see his face but it's really on the edge of the frame like you know on the lower left hand corner of the frame right and then kind of when the, 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 the TV monitor goes off and you lose the video image you see them kind of reflected into you know, that darkness. And it's kind of such a powerful image, right? Because it reflects so much about what's going on in the film and what the film is about. And, you know, he is there, but he's on the edges, on the corner. You know, what's left is like this reflection of something that was, you know, onto a darkened screen. I mean, it's just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful image. It's so expressive and very, and it's not the only one. I mean, the film is full of, you know, original ways of looking and seeing and understanding, right, that is created kind of visually and through compositions. I think it's really remarkable. Um, and also the editing. It's edited by Blair McClendon. Um, and I thought that was extraordinary because in a way, like the film is a patchwork of memory kind of gathered together, partly through pictures and old 
movies and so on, right? But to give that impression of fluidity, of narrative, but also of fragmentation and of memory, you know, the editing does a lot of work of that. You know, the, the dance scenes are particularly remarkable mm, kind of, yeah, uh, yeah. in that. Um, so um, I also thought it interesting, and uh, this is something that I haven't thought through, I'm just thinking about it now, but I wonder what you think, which is, isn't it interesting that most of the truly great British films of the moment seem to be directed by women? I'm thinking of Lynn Ramsey, uh, primarily, which, you know, you can see... Uh, the influence uh, on her, and now I can't remember the name of the other person that I had it's in mind. <laughs> Andrea, Andrea Arnold is another. Yes, Andrea yeah. Arnold. I mean, you know, if I were to say now, one of my favorite British filmmakers at the moment, it's Andrea Arnold, Lynn Ramsey, and Charlotte Wells. You know, and I, I think they stand kind of shoulders above everyone else. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. I I like other uh, uh, filmmakers, but you know, I think. Uh, you know, kind of what they're doing uh, is really kind of quite extraordinary. Do you want to add any last words? Uh, no, I don't think so. It's a, it's a great film. It's on it's on movie. It's also still hanging around in in some cinemas. And I, I guess if if Paul Mescal does win the Oscar, it will probably resurface again then as well. So, but I don't think he will. Mm. Well, I don't think so either. Uh, I'm hoping that Colin um, Farrell. Colin Farrell, yeah, yeah, uh, will win. Uh, but we'll see. Um, so a truly great film. Do make an effort to see it. I'm sorry I didn't get an opportunity to see it in the cinema, but uh, I loved seeing it uh, on Mubi. Uh, and once again, really grateful to Mubi that it's making it possible for those of us who don't live in a metropolis to be able to see films like this. Uh, so I highly recommend. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I'm Jose. I'm Richard. And we're thinking a lot about film. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.